0: Hey, guys, Perry Thompson is going to be an absolute stud at Auburn University. And then let's talk a little bit about – Perry Thompson is going to be an absolute baller at Auburn University. We're also going to talk a little bit about the recruiting calendar and how that whole thing plays out. And then we're going to wrap it up, talk a little round ball, talk a little basketball, what's going on, Boog brethren, this is episode 18, 18 of the Top Button Podcast, and I'm your host, Charlie Five, and we are going to absolutely roll our sleeves up and get to booging tonight. We're going to have an absolute blast today, tonight, today, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening, I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our boy, Ford Stokes, Ford, booging more than anybody. Uh. At Active Wealth Management, ActiveWealth.com. Look, when you reach out to Ford, you are going to learn so many things about how uh, so many of the different ways that you can you can benefit uh, when you manage your money and, and you let Ford handle things for you. How would you like to just be able to delete the IRS from your retirement accounts? Ford can help you do that. He can help you learn how to pay less taxes Uh, During your retirement, and you're going to learn the power and the wonder of getting results in an advanced retirement plan and not just a cookie cutter PowerPoint presentation that you're going to get anywhere. This is a personalized uh, retirement plan that he is going to help put together for you. He's a great guy. He'll if calling just to talk Auburn. Like look guy loves Auburn. We talk, we we text all the time, just talking about basketball, or recruiting, whatever. It's great to not only uh when, when you're talking money, have somebody that you can trust and that you can enjoy having a conversation with. Ford Stokes is that guy. Check him out, activewealth.com. All right, guys. My, my very first uh podcast, I said I was going to do a little bit of a signee profile from our 2020. class. Do one at a time as they come. We started off with Cam Coleman and it was, you know, I rambled on for for seemingly 35 minutes on how much I love him and uh, I think it's time to give props to I would honestly say, this is not just exaggerating, I would say the most important player for so many reasons in this class and that's Perry Thompson. Uh, Perry Thompson is going to be an absolute star at, at Auburn University. He has all the tools. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what kind of player I think he he might be. Why you might have saw a little bit of the rank, rankings dropping a little bit uh, from the time he committed. I don't think it was a conspiracy. I don't think it's the whole Bama bump thing. Uh, I think it's just uh, some some circumstances that were just not playing in his favor, and then the perception and, and everything. The how much that actually meant uh, landing a guy like like Perry Thompson. So if you don't know much about Perry, he's from Foley, Alabama, heavy Alabama territory, heavy Bama territory. Tons of Bama alumni, big money folks in the Gulf Shores, the Mobiles, uh, the Foleys. I mean, that's the home of Kenny Stabler, okay? That's a that's, big, big Bama country. So getting him just in general, you got – from the school that produced Julio Jones, DJ Fluker, Robert Lester, uh, you know, ton of Alabama stars from that from that area, and, and we pulled Perry Thompson. Perry is probably the most impressive thing about him is just how he looks physically. Uh, you're talking 6'3 right now, at least 200 pounds. He's probably going to play at – 205, maybe even 210, physical, physical guy. He played safety in high school and probably could be just as good of a safety in college and in the NFL as he could be a wide receiver. He's just that, he's just that gifted. The player to me, and when I watch Perry, I, you're not gonna see just someone right off the bat that's gonna jump off as just some a mega polished route receiver. But what you're gonna see is a guy that's just physically dominant, a, a guy that's gonna play, I think, a lot like a Debo Samuel. Okay. If you've watched the Super Bowl, if you watched the 49ers at all, um Debo is a he's he's a little bit shorter. He's only a six foot six one, but he's two fifteen and he's a guy that He's going to make the contested catches and he's going to punish you and he can do it in multiple ways he can run the jet sweeps he can you know take handoffs from you know almost not necessarily under center but from from the tailback he can take true tailback snaps run the the loose the, the little slip screens and the reverses and things like that and he is a physically bruising uh runner a guy that's seeking contact. And I think that is – you're going to get just that but a taller version uh, in Perry Thompson, especially early in his career because I think it's going to take him a while because he's at a little bit of a disadvantage being, you know, a summer enrollee. He's not here. He doesn't get to go through spring, but he's going to be working out. He was in Auburn recently uh, meeting with a friend of mine, uh, and he is – I saw some pictures (laughs) – of him already. And the guy, the guy that I'm hanging out with is not a small guy. You know, he's not just a shrimp and and Perry just absolutely dwarfs him. Just absolutely dwarfs him. Uh, but he's going to, so he's going to come in and he's going to be physically probably far further advanced than any of the wide receivers, but he's just, you know, naturally he's just going to be behind a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how much he can absorb early, but I still think he can be effective as – I don't want to call it a gadget guy because I think that can be considered kind of offensive, but it's a pro for him because I think those type of things are ways that you can get him the ball early in his career versus you know going out and, and beating a man – uh, you know, beating a, an SEC defender on an out route or beating a, an SEC defender on a, on a slant right off the bat or or learning how to, to get necessarily get open, read coverages, do things uh, of that nature versus just, you know, lining up and, you know, going throwing a 50-50 ball. I think there's going to be a lot of little gadgets, for lack of a better word, type ways that you can use Perry Thompson, but he's proven that he can do it You know, at a very high level, I think it's going to be a kind of an easy little transition into the way he could be used uh, at Auburn early. You know, I'd love to see him get a little slip screen, like first, you know, first couple of plays of the season. You know, I love to see him, you know, get some jet sweeps. I'd love to see him get some, you know, drags across the middle where he gets the ball with space and it's just a 6'4, 205 pound. Freight train who runs a sub four or five going up against a six foot one hundred eighty pound defensive back. Perry is going to run through your face, like Marshawn Lynch says, run through a you know who's face. That's what that's what Perry Thompson is going to that is going to bring to the table uh, at wide receiver. And I don't I don't know that we've had that guy. I can't think of that guy that we've had uh, that that would that would be someone somewhat similar to um, a Debo Samuel type player. I just can't think of one that could do a little bit of everything. Probably Terrell Zachary would be one that is the closest that that I can remember. But even Terrell was not – even T-Zach was not that physical. You know what I mean? He wanted to kind of run around you, and and Perry can. But Perry is going to use his size and his aggressiveness to just absolutely – you know he'll he'll abuse you if he can. If he can abuse you, he will absolutely abuse you. Perry started off as you know he was the bell cow of the class. He was the five star uh, consensus. You know they take up all the take all the recruiting rankings uh, and, and average them up, and, and that's who is you know that's when you when you average up across all the sites. He was he was a five star, and then you started to see as the season went on. His ranking would drop drop a little bit until he dropped sort of into that very, um, that very like the highest four star, uh, that you could be just borderline, uh, five star. And I know a lot of people right off the bat, they're thinking Bama, that's an Alabama thing, conspiracy, Bama bump type thing. But I think really what it is is Foley was not very good. They just weren't very, they were Foley High School was just. Not a very good team this this year. I don't even think they made the playoffs. And I don't think he – I don't think he really had the benefit of having a very good quarterback uh, either. I think he just didn't get the production. I think he had like a little over – let's see. A little over 700 yards receiving, seven touchdowns in ten games, Uh. 100 and a little over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. He even had to play a few quarter, uh, had to play a few, um, you know, few plays at quarterback, but he had to play also a, f- a fairly good uh, amount of defense, which he excelled at. So he had to play a little bit all over, all over the, you know, all over the field. And he didn't have those, that marquee. You know, thirteen hundred yards receiving that a Bryce Kane had, or twelve hundred yards or thirteen hundred yards receiving that a Cam Coleman had. But again, that's more of a functionality of the team that he was on and the talent that was surrounding him. And being a wide receiver, you're you're somewhat dependent. You know, you're somewhat dependent on you know the guy that gets you the ball. You're somewhat dependent on the offensive line to be able to protect the guy that can get you the ball. So. He he's just he he just had one of those years that it was just a okay you know not a not a spectacular jump off the page statistical year which I think hurt him which was not really a ton of the fault of him of himself so uh, he went into the you know the Under Armour practices did really well uh, had two or three catches in, in the Under Armour game showed to me that he can play at at the at the top you know he can play at this level he can play uh, in the SEC, and i think he can play early so again i wouldn't get caught up in the ranking drop you're going to have a 64 200 plus pound kid that's mega physical that's that is physically ready to go physically ready made it's just can he come in with you know the, the work ethic that he's already shown that he has. I know he's got the drive. I loved the documentary he did to kind of show where he's coming from uh, and, and where, you know, where he's been in his past and, and the motivation uh, to be great at Auburn. I think he's just going to, I think he's going to be a stud and um you know, for the, for those that are listening, you're probably laughing a little bit that, that know some of the um, banter that I've had with people back and forth. I, I said I'm not going to be allowed to I'm not going to be allowed to enjoy his success because I doubted him. <laughs> I doubted him towards the end because of the perception that we're going to talk about. I doubted him a little bit uh when the the sky got a little cloudy on whether or not he would end up at Auburn. You know, he he did the big flip. He was the big flipper. You know, the first he wasn't the first, but he was the one that kind of drove the boat on on all this just surge in the summer uh, of recruiting commitments and flips and things like that. He wanted, you know, he kind of talked with Demarcus Riddick and he pushed for, you know, a KJ bowl and we ultimately didn't get, he pushed for Malcolm Simmons. He started getting this ball rolling on all these dudes, the Jay Crawfords. He went after Jay Crawford. He got Jay Crawford, the corner from Parkview, uh, you know, four-star guy that we had to have. So many of these guys, he led, the recruitment on, and that was, I mean, honestly, I would say he is the probably the is, is if you had to pick one person that was the MVP of the of the class from a recruiting perspective, it's Perry hands down. It's Perry hands down. If you don't get Perry, you had you're talking. If you don't get Perry, I honestly think you're somewhere in the neighborhood of a 12 to 15th ranked class because he meant that much to everybody. The, the class around him that the talent around him he he was the one that that turned the heads that said okay this is something serious this is something special let's go play with this guy and uh I, that's one thing that i'll always be thankful for but i got a little nervous towards the end and you know i doubted him i i, I just felt like the years of and years of watching alabama take us to the end and, and break our hearts I, I just felt like it was coming again and he ultimately, hung in there and through some of just had to be some of the most immense pressure. There were stories of signing day night where there was individuals from Alabama that were sitting there in it, like in his driveway or outside of his driveway with, with papers, you know, with signing papers, just hoping they could catch him weak or or catch him at the right time and get him to sign uh, to flip to Alabama on signing day, you know, under the table, over the table, whatever. The pressure was there. They were fighting tooth and nail to keep him – or to get him back, basically, not keep him, to get him back into the class. That was just one they knew they couldn't lose. They did not want to lose. Uh, But ultimately, he did the whole triple deke on signing day. Grab the hat, throw it down. Grab the other hat, throw it down. And we really are worried. And then he opens the jersey, opens the jacket, and he's got the Auburn jersey underneath. Just an absolute man. – I'm just – I've said it on a, pre- a previous show and some people argued with me, but in since you know Nick Saban was at Alabama, recruits that he wanted, guys that he pursued to the very end, the guys that he would not give up on, he just didn't miss, especially from that mobile area. We had a few. We've had some guys come out of Mobile. I just, I question how hard or how aggressively they pushed toward, pushed to get these guys, get those guys. Um, And those dudes turned out to be great players at Auburn. But it just seems like this one was one where they gave their best shot and you punched them in the face and you, and you took their lunch money and you, and and you made them like it and you made them like it. So I'll always be grateful for Perry for that. But I'm going to, make sure you guys hold me accountable too i doubted him so i'm not allowed to, i'm not allowed to celebrate his touchdown so you know y- y'all y'all tag me on on twitter when rivaldo fairweather catches a uh, a fade when perry dominates like he absolutely will you make sure to let me know it you didn't you doubted him you doubted him c5 you don't deserve you don't deserve to stand up and cheer and and hey i'm a man, i'm going to be a man of my word i'm going to hold myself to it uh, as well but i'm excited about perry uh, even though i can't i'm 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 banning myself from from uh being able to cheer for him uh i'm going to be a i'm going to be a closet fan uh i'm not going to let anybody know it but uh the dude's going to be uh special and he'll be i mean he could be a um i mean he could be – I don't want to say statue guy, but he could be on that level of – he has the opportunity to be on that level of impact uh, as far as changing the narrative about Auburn. And uh, I, for one, cannot wait for him to get here. Uh, I cannot wait for him to get here in the summer. He's going to be absolutely special. Uh, Before we go, uh, talk a little bit more about recruiting for 2025, uh, 2024. Uh, Into 2025. You guys need to check out plainscoffee.com. Use coupon code button for 10% off. Stop buying store bought garbage that's been sitting in a warehouse for months. Get you some freshly ground uh, coffee from all over the world, different, different uh, grounds, different grinds from uh, different types of coffee from from everywhere. Uh, You can have it and you can have it freshly ground the night the day before it ships to your house. So when it shows up, the biggest fear that you need to have is not is my coffee that I buy from, you know, Sam's Club going to have mold in it. It's it, is the is the the delivery person is it going to be safe in their hands cuz the, the aroma, will could they could they steal my plainscoffee.com because it's going to smell, it's going to be that fresh, it's going to be that hard, that irresistible for them to just place on the front doorstep and it'll leave it there. It's just, it's going to be, it's going to be an, an intoxicating fragrance. So uh, if you don't like coffee, they got tea too. So check them out. PlainsCoffee.com. use coupon code button and save 15% off. All right. So this is not going to be, Heavy intel driven, but I think it'll be something that's very educational. That I think is very important when you're talking about recruiting. If you want to get into recruiting and you want to understand why things are going the way they're going, the one thing you have to understand is how the recruiting calendar works in terminology of that recruiting calendar. Okay, it's been kind of quiet, it's been a little bit slow lately. Um, and one of the reasons is because we're in what's called right now a recruiting dead period. There's four different types of periods that you need to know about, okay? I'll start off with a dead period, which is what we're in right now. It goes all the way through March 3rd. That's why you're seeing a lot of coaches go on vacations. You know, Hugh's taking pictures at different places. I've heard he's playing, getting to play golf at Augusta National. Uh, he's this is This is a good time for them to vacation. and and sort of spend time with their families because during a dead period, you can't go visit players and they can't come go visit. They can't come visit you. So there's no visits on campus. There's no visits of you going to their school. The only thing you can do really is limited, you know, phone texts, calls, things of that nature. So from that started on February the 5th It's the 12th now. So we're about a week into it. Uh, February 5th all the way through March 3rd. So basically a month that is called a dead period. Okay. So remember that dead period, dead can't go. They can't come here. We can't go there. Uh, then after March 3rd, we're going to have what's called a quiet period. Okay. That's where you can start having people back on campus. And if you notice, that's going to be right along the time, same time that spring practice starts. Cause you notice you always have, big spring visitors for spring practices. You're going to have big visitors for your A-Day game. That's when you're going to start seeing, I think, a a few more commits start popping off. Guys can come to campus. You can start to kind of build that momentum. You know, you can build and build and build. They can come to your campus. You cannot go see them, though, okay? So you got dead period. I can't come see you. You can't come see me. Then you got quiet period, March 4th through April, 14th. That's, that's over a month. That's almost a month and a half of, of possible, uh, visit time. You can come see me. I can't come see you. All right. So then after a day, after that whole, you know, deal goes down, it goes to what's called a contact period. All right. So you got dead period, you got quiet period, then you got contact period. Okay. What does contact period mean? Means, you can come see me and I can come see you. I can come to your school. I can come talk to you. Uh, I got You got to be careful there because you only get X amount of in-person visits, especially from the head coach uh, per year. So this is when you see a lot of your position coaches going out and stuff like that. So contact period means I can come see you and we can talk and you can come. See me, you can do a little bit of both. And uh, you you got you typically you'll get a lot of commits. I think that's whenever you, t- you know, around that time. Uh, I think Big Cat typically is in the, in you know, that June, July. But you could have, you know, a, a mini cookout, something, you know, some type of thing like that. Basically, you know, a contact you can appear is a period of time where I can come see you uh, and you can come see. Me. A contact period is that period of time when it's permissible for authorized athletic department members to make in-person off-campus recruiting uh, evaluations. Yes. All right. So April 15th through May 25th. Then you have another dead period. It's short. It's only three days. Typically, that's around exam time. That's whenever kids are graduating, graduations, stuff like that. Dead period again. You, I can't come see you. You can't come see me. But we can talk on the phone. We can text. Then it's the summertime uh, and summertime is pretty much uh, always a quiet period, which means you can come see me, but I can't come see you. And that's when you have your big cat weekends. That's when you have your camps. Uh, that's when you start having a ton of commits. That's when you do a lot of your in-person evaluations on your campus. That's when you, you know, your are Bryce Kane. That's when you you picked up on Bryce Kane last year. He came to one of your camps during this, this time and, and absolutely dominated. Uh, was the best player on the field, and that's even with Cam Coleman in attendance. Uh, Walker White, has, you know, the stories of him and Bryce sneaking into, you know, Duck Sanford Stadium and, uh, you know, in Auburn, the Auburn High School Stadium to throw uh, when they're here on, on a visit, like stuff like that. That's that's going to be a big time for that is in that those summer months, you know, and then the football season starts, and it's pretty much a, it's pretty much an, um, you know, almost like an open season type deal where uh, I can come evaluate you. Maybe I can't talk to you, but I can come to your school and evaluate you. You can come see me, all that good stuff. So, it's 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 very important to understand. Hey, we're not getting any commits right now. We're not seeing any news right now. We don't even know if if we're we're okay where where we stand with a lot of guys. It's just gonna be that way for the next, you know, 20, 30 days because of the because of the dead period that we're in. And 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 not only that, but but even before uh the dead period, you had all your different coaching staff hires and and you know, transition and things of that nature. So it's just a weird time. And uh, we, we're going through this little dead period of of no contact. But once it starts opening, you best believe that the very first weekend that you can have kids, you're we're going to be slam-packed. Uh, slam-packed with info, slam-packed with visitors, slam-packed with information uh, to talk about. So uh, hang in there. Uh, it's gonna get this is, I mean, it's gonna be a great class. You're 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 way ahead of the ball game. You're way ahead of the ball game. You're top 10 or your top 10, even with a big decommitment. Uh you're you're a top 10, 12 class already at this point in time, uh, and you got several high caliber people, folks that are just right there on the edge. Right there on the edge. You'll go look at um on, on threes has a RPM, their, their prediction uh Model type thing where it takes you know articles and visits and tweets and comments and things like that and it kind of weights out uh, who f- they feel like leads for certain players. Just go look at that and look at the Auburn list. You got Micah Debose, uh, five-star offensive tackle. You got uh, you know all kinds of guys where Auburn is sitting right where they need to be. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for any any type of predictions. Uh, from your your recruiting riders and things like that, I think most of that's going to happen uh, once this dead period li- dead dead period lifts. I think it's going to be pedal to the metal because you've got a full staff, you got a full coaching staff, you don't have any portal stuff to worry about for two months. Your rosters sort of set through spring. All you got to focus on is high school recruiting, and that's what we're going to do. So, be on the lookout. I'll keep you in the loop uh, as best I can. So. Uh, moving on, last thing we'll talk about is uh, Auburn basketball. Um you had a great week last week that ended dis- very disappointing, but you had a huge emotional win in the middle of the week against Alabama. And then you go on the road to that godforsaken gym <laughs> in Gainesville that that smells like a swimming pool that we, for some reason, cannot uh, shoot. I, I guess it's the chlorine overtakes us and we cannot shoot when we hit the stadium. When, I, It's the same. They're the same colors. Like I, I don't get it. But there's voodoo in there in the swamp. There's something going on. We can't, we can't score there. I, I don't know what it is. We got our guards who, who don't turn the ball over. Start turning it over. Um, you you shoot nearly forty percent from three against Alabama. Granted, it is at home, and you go and you shoot under twenty percent, I believe, from three uh, in, in Gainesville. You're your, your big guys who combine for 50 points um, <laughs> against Alabama. You have 50, uh, 14 or 15 from Broom, which is as usual, and then Jalen sort of disappears. Uh, it's just a bad game. And then on top it all, all, top it all off, Florida has an off week. Uh, essentially no midweek game. Not, not essentially. They had no midweek game. So they had one whole week to prepare, and they did look like they had more energy than Auburn. Auburn looked tired. It's not an excuse. It just is the reality. just they look tired and we did not look like we were ready to play. And, you know, the SEC schedule is a grind. It's an absolute meat grinder. I mean, you look at teams that Tennessee just gets absolutely boat raced uh, by Texas A&M on the road. It's hard to win. Um, It's just really hard to win on the road in the SEC. So, What do you got coming up? Um, You're about to play two of the – probably two of the top five teams uh, in the conference, two top five – two of the top five or six teams in the conference. You're going to play South Carolina, who is a very – probably a more physical version of Florida. You're going to play them, but you do get to play them at home. And then you have Kentucky, College Game Day, who I I believe has been here like three or four – either three consecutive years or three years out of the last four, which is insane, Uh, absolutely insane. Uh, You're going to have college game day. You're going to have huge atmospheres at both of these games. Both of these games are going to be massive. It's weird to say that I feel a a lot better about Kentucky than I do um, South Carolina just because of the matchup of the big guys uh, on the inside, I mean, they got one dude who's like six, eight, six, nine, three hundred pounds. Like they got a, a big guy that that is that is that that can absolutely dominate uh, on the inside. I watched the when they played Tennessee and they beat Tennessee on the road uh, at Tennessee. They would feed it into him. Uh, I believe his last name's Mac, and he would literally just back down the. He would back down Tennessee's big guy until the Tennessee guy either fouled him or he got right up under the rim and uh, made a little jump hook, jump hook or spin off with a with a layup, something like that. So, can Janai handle him? I think Dylan can. I think Dylan is physical enough. Up- he may foul out, but I think Dylan. I think Dylan can. But can. Jani seems to get a little bit frustrated with, you know, more physical uh, type big man. If you're, if you're not, if you're not physical, if you don't want, you know, want to bang and and put hands on him, he, he, John, Jani can make you look silly. He can make you look silly. And, and I'm wondering if the size of this guy, Jani's quickness can, can hurt him on, on the offensive side of the, uh, offensive side of the court. But I do worry about, defense and being able to make stops but again, when we play at Neville, throw everything that you think uh, about this Auburn team completely out the window because it's just in, on borderline impossible to beat Auburn in Neville Arena uh from the fans to the atmosphere to the way this the the noise and the confidence that we play with, uh, is is at an, a level that's just incredible. And you know Bruce is going to be all over these guys uh, for the, the egg they laid uh, in Gainesville. So I'm anxious to see. I really honestly think the South Carolina game, is. It, it, I don't like to say must wins. I, I don't like to talk about stuff like that. But I think... It's going to be difficult to to win the SEC outright anyway it's going to be even tougher to get a share because I think Max you can only lose one more game I think you got only one more game that you can lose to, to possibly get a share of uh, of the SEC regular season title you probably only have one more maybe two to get a one seed uh, in the SEC tournament. You gotta win your home games. You got four of those left, and two of them are against very tough, very tough opponents. Uh, and South Carolina may be the best one uh, that you'll face at Neville all year. they They've been able to win on the road. They've knocked off Tennessee and Kentucky. They've beat Tennessee at Tennessee. Um, they've They've proven they can go win on the road. They're gonna be a tough, tough matchup guard play and shooting to me is 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 the key that's that's all I say it all the time uh if you if you if you have good guard play and you can shoot threes uh this team just plays good enough defense that if you can if you can shoot you' you'll be able to blow teams out that's why we blow the that's why we dominate people when we win games because we're we're turning them over and we're hitting shots. And we're not turning it over. That's another key, us not turning it over. So we just seem to not turn the ball over a ton either. I think you played Alabama. I think you had five turnovers the whole game, which is re- incredible. I think you average somewhere around nine and a half to ten turnovers a game, which is pretty average, uh, pretty average. And then uh, y- y- you only turned it over like four or five times uh, against Alabama. So at home is a completely different ball game. Uh, the matchup is is a little bit scary, but again, it's at Neville, so throw throw the records out. Uh, and then you got Kentucky Saturday. Kentucky's reeling, man. Um, but again, sometimes the the hurt dog is the, is the most dangerous. Sometimes the hurt hurt dog is the one you got to be careful because they'll because they'll typically bite you. Uh, so you got to be careful always with Kentucky, but. I, I'm hoping we're, we're putting – I know we're not going to overlook Kentucky. I'm hoping and – I, and, I, and I would think you wouldn't overlook South Carolina, but I hope you're not too excited for that college game day atmosphere that that you don't take this one 100% serious because you've got to win the next two games. If you want to be a one seed in the SEC tournament, if you want to have a shot to have a share of the title, you got to win the next two games. You absolutely have to because then you go on the road at Georgia, on the road at Tennessee. You've seen how we play on the road. Um, we, I, I think Florida's kind of an anomaly, but you, you play a lot of close games where uh, you, you possibly could, you know, you've had maybe had some chances to win some some tough games on the road, uh, and then you've had some, you know, just you couldn't quite shoot shoot your way out of it uh, because you struggle a little bit offensively uh, on the road at times. So, very very important week. Let's get Saturday out of our memory bank. Uh, and and let's roll, man. Let's roll. Let's let's pack Neville. Let's get after it. Let's get after South Carolina. That's number one. South Carolina is the most important game on the schedule right now. You got to win that one, and then let's absolutely melt the television set uh at uh, when game day comes to town and, and burn that one up as well, and go ahead and take down Kentucky. And then then I feel like you have a little breathing room because if you just split one of the road games, your last three you're going to be f- big time favorites over the last three games on your schedule. So big week, let's get it done. Uh, I really appreciate you guys uh, for listening. Uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about Perry Thompson. Let me know what you think about um, the recruiting calendar. If you got any questions about that in the, in the comments uh, let me know what you think about uh, our basketball outlook this week. Just uh, let let's interact. Let's have some fun. Uh, and then again, I appreciate you guys from listening. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five. Like and subscribe this channel. We've grown over almost a thousand subscribers since we started this thing. It's, it's crazy. Tell your friends. Send them a link. Tell them to subscribe to Auburn Daily uh, YouTube. And then, uh, you know, if you ever want to come hang out on Monday nights, I'm at uh, Bunkers uh, in Auburn around 5.30 every Monday night uh, recording the Dabba Golf Pod. So uh, you can catch me around town pretty much anywhere. So uh, I appreciate you guys for listening, uh, and we'll get back at you on Thursday. Let's see what happens between now and Thursday. Uh, Stay buttoned.